Welcome to Different Gravy, not just another Shepherd Wednesday podcast. I'm one of the hosts, Richard Miller, and my co-host is Disc Golf's answer to Tiger Woods. He may not have the prodigious talent, but he loves the strippers, and he's always injured. Dr. Luke Gledall. How are you doing today, Luke? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. What a, what a great comparison that was, Rich. Thank you so much. I'd just like to, you know, G you up, mm-hmm. make you feel good about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> But you've 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 sort of uh, discovered a a new hobby. I have, yeah, I love it. I've become become one of those people. I'm uh, feeling the plastic of discs. I'm spending a lot of money on discs. Uh, I went for a disc golf lesson this morning. Yeah, I love it. It's great. Excellent. The satisfying swish of uh, of hitting those those chains as you get a as you get a hole. God, you've you've God. He does his research, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> And do you think, I mean, you, you've previously been an ultimate Frisbee person. Yeah, so I was one is... of those people, yeah. I had this crazy idea that I could go and just be completely uh, out of sorts with any kind of sporting events and think, this is going to be my thing. I'm going to be so good at this. <laughs> um, but when, since I went to University of Leicester, we were pretty close to Loughborough University, mm. where, like, you know, everybody there is on the spectrum of being sporty. Big sportos, and, uh, mass, massive sportos, yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that kind of put me in my place. Uh, mm-hmm. But anyway, we're not so here you to... could, I mean, an autobiography could be a life in discs. <laughs> sure, that could be a title for your sure. novel. Book. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I could also maybe like transition into being like a hospital radio DJ at some point. <laughs> but there we go. It just it all goes full circle. Like the spinning of a frisbee and the spinning of uh, the vinyl I play on hospital radio, and the title for the follow-up writes itself. As long as you make a sort of right turn at some point in life into gay porn, <laughs> we'll just leave that. <laughs> we'll leave that there. Okay. What What are we doing today, Luke? What are we doing today? Um, so I think this is a good time to do kind of in this kind of you know the never regions of the seasons. Rich and I have kind of got a bit of a determination to um, fill a bit of time and get to 100 episodes. We've done some mm-hmm. kind of fiend episodes before. And one of the things we've done is we've done um, a bunch of different gravy watch clubs where we've done we've done the watch along episodes, but we've also done watch along games. Sorry, we've also done mm. uh, documentaries, some kind of prominent documentaries. And one that kind of came up, and which I think is a great time to look at doing this, um, being in his position in a time of great uncertainty, um, you know, we're leaping into these episodes to keep momentum desired to his podcast in very kind of uncertain times. And hopefully things are coming back to a degree of normality. But I, I think it kind of nice to go full circle to look at the QPR documentary from 2011, 12, four year plan. Mm. And I think it's really, really interesting because I, I think with looking at this documentary, it's very much um, a team in a poor state then kind of redeemed, but then redeemed over kind of a long time and gone through some very kind of difficult, tumultuous times in the boardroom and ownerships. And I think there's a lot of parallels. 
I, I think I kind of do this in like some kind of blind hope for some degree of better days for Sheffield Wednesday in the future. Yeah. Um, I, I would be staggered if they come at the hand of the current regime. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's nice to try and think about some of the, let's, let's spend the summer trying to think about some of the positives kind of coming. I mean, I want to give a huge shout out again to the excellent Owls Americas. Thank you, Paddy, for mentioning our podcast. Uh, also, <laughs> followed up by James on the podcast, mentioning that we're probably the podcast for people who are sadomasochists. Uh, Rich and I kind of can't really unidentify from that label. We kind of get it ourselves. So I, I think it'd be nice to just have a nice, light, breezy summer of looking at some fun things regarding Sheffield Wednesday and some fun things we can do hopefully on this podcast. Yeah. And with that in mind, <laughs> we are abundantly conscious that uh, <laughs> there is news almost every day out of the club, uh, but we just rather not pay <laughs> talk about it too much. Mm. It's a lot of speculation. There's not a huge amount of actual fact. It's all kind of mm-hmm. someone's nan said and, um, someone close to someone said uh i mean knowing knowing what we know from the club i'm sure so much of it is true unfortunately more is probably true than we would like to be but i just think for the time being as you say this is the this is the summer it's been quite enjoyable not to think and worry about sheffield wednesday actively for a pit for a small period of time and we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna sort of keep that bubble going but this is this documentary is a four-year plan there are some natural uh parallels to things that we've seen mm-hmm. um i think in some ways you could look at it as um you know you th- taking some of the same gambles and maybe getting different outcomes uh there's other there's other links in that uh neil warnock makes an appearance who has been the sort of pantomime baddie of uh, of Sheffield Wednesday's panto, uh, mm-hmm. panto twice there. Um, he's 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 been the the sort of um, the evil stepsister or you know Baron von Hardup for the whole time. Basically, uh, he's been involved in the game. He's been there, sort of thumbing his considerable uh, nose at Sheffield Wednesday. So he's he's part of this. Um, and uh, this was not something that we planned, but the, it turns out that the person who who produced, directed, and, and wrote the film uh, is a Sheffield Wednesday fan. So there's a few uh, there's a few links there. It's not completely out of the blue. Uh, <laughs> it was, I think, one of the things early doors uh, QPR start off with a less than good season under this new regime, mm. and uh, it was the season to sort of place us in Wednesday, in Wednesday's timeline. It was the season where we lost our sort of day, last day shootout with Crystal Palace this time rather than Derby. Um, so that that just sort of puts you in the, that puts you in the era, the right era for, for this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, so sort of setting the scene, uh, the aptly named Journeyman Pictures production. <laughs> uh, it starts with the 2008 takeover of QPR by three Formula One bosses, Bernie Eccleston, Flavio Briatore, Alejandro Agag, and then also steel magnate Lakshmi Mittal and his son-in-law, Atmit Bhatia. Mm. Um, 
Can I just kind of bring in a little bit of connection? Because the interesting thing, so this is it's the four-year plan, isn't it? That's the name it of is. the documentary. That's the, what they say that they're going with of a timeline to get promotion to the Premier League. I believe it was 2007, I think they were taken over. I think you're right. I think it's sort of, <clears throat> I think it's one of those strange things where it's four years, but it's three seasons, three full seasons. Because it must have happened during the 07-08 season. I think so. But we don't spend any time looking at that. No, it's just skipped over. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Very much so, yeah. Um, yeah, so there was 2007, I think, as you say. The year focus of this is 08, 09, 09, 10, which is a Sheffield Wednesday relegation season. Mm-hmm. Uh, last relegation season before this one. <laughs> yes. And, and then, yeah, t- 2010, 2011, when they finally achieved their promotion to the Premier League. So, yeah, that's the timeline we're looking at for this one. And just to place it, we, we've we've spoken about the Leeds documentary and we've spoken about the Sunderland Till I Die on Netflix and, and kind of compared and contrasted. Um, there's, a, there's an element of the vanity project here because uh, it, the opening scroll says that uh, the filming was paid for by the by the board mm. uh, or, or mainly funded by the board. Uh, so there's a touch of we're rich, we're doing something fancy, come watch us do it. Um, but they do say that they the filmmakers had complete freedom over where they pointed the cameras and what made it into the film. And and I do think it doesn't pull up pull punches. I think there's several people come off looking pretty poor from this, uh, which we'll, mm. we'll, we'll get into at length, I'm sure. Um, <clears throat> were you immediately struck by the fact that 2008 looked like a really long time ago? Yes. Yes, I was. Like, it, it's funny always looking at the continued accelerated pace of football. Yeah. That it makes everything dated prior to when we actually start looking at some of the details, some of the kits and the stylings and what was just happening just during the time. And obviously the quality of the filming as well. Because they have there has been... It, it's kind of like aging. It's imperceptible day on day, but over the years it does you know, those changes do are, are quite significant in the mirror. I think really. digital filming has just pulled everything up to a certain le- standard. I think everything yeah. looks... Whereas this does have moments that look quite home video at times. Mm. Uh, through no fault of its own, I'm sure it was it was good enough at the time, but just with uh, with with the years and the you glare... Find it- it's kind of interesting because there's some interesting bits I want to kind of pick up just from that kind of opening kind of scroll that kind of fades in. So interesting from the opening that they talk about being the narrative of being a founder member of the Premiership, of the Premier League, yes. which, it, you know, in the great history and context of things isn't huge, but it's, I say it's not a big call to fame, but it's, it's one that's oddly prescient for these days and times for the narrative of football, right? Well, so much... I think Sky very much at the forefront of this, but there's almost almost every record is given in terms of the Premier League and mm. the top scorers in the in Premier League history. Yeah, I, the most, so yeah, I think it's there's almost an an a um, a B C A D sort of thing <laughs> with football and and the Premier League is is the start of the Premier League is the start of that new age or that's what they want. They almost mm. want it to be. Don't for, you know? Forget the history. Forget the pyramid. 
it's all about the Premier League. It's part of the Premier League's own branding very much. Is, you know, <laughs> we stand alone almost. Exactly, which is interesting for a kind of... It, it's funny that we have this like Fahrenheit 451 narrative with all the history books just being tossed in a massive bonfire, right? Yeah. <laughs> I also find it interesting. So it, there's mention they floundered in the lower leagues. And I... And I kind of completely blanked on, I think they had like two or three seasons in the third tier, which I think was that really weird transition period for the EFL or what it was previously known as before when it used to be uh, Premiership, Division 1, Division 2, Division 3. Then that was a rechristened Championship, League 1, League 2. Yeah, it's, that did make me chuckle because they that is introduced with the founding of the club, isn't it? So they say QPR was founded in eighteen eighty two, and after a few years of success, <laughs> kicked around in the lower league. So it's literally like a hundred something years, one hundred twenty years of history, just summed up in about three words of like, yeah, they didn't do much, they didn't do much for that first one hundred twenty years, but now, now the Formula One boys are here. <laughs> and also with that narrative, the tale comes up of liquidation threats and debts of eighteen million. And my mm. comments is that little, hey, that must be a hundred oh, yeah. million. That must be a hundred million in today's money. I'm sure. I'm sure. Mm. Isn't it just so staggering? I mean, it's like it is. I think the appeal of something looking like this is the fact that, as a matter of fact, it is a absolute. It's a real tra- traveling Wilburys of uh, football finances, isn't it, really? Of, of kind of yeah. moneyed characters within the world of sport and the world at large, I'd say. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and it's getting to see... Because you are talking, these are these are that caricature of rich, aren't they? Like, yeah. particularly the Formula One guys. There, there's a there's a gorgeous looking woman on the arm that really doesn't look like she wants to be there. Really doesn't look like she enjoys getting kissed. Um, but she is fabulous looking. And I guess, you know, it's a mutually benefit at some level. It's a mutually beneficial arrangement. There's, Mm. there's boats, there's sunglasses, there's daft cars, there's unnecessarily taking helicopters for short journeys. You know, this is the, this is, the richy rich school of richness. This is not a prudent. This is not prudent businessmen uh, eking away at the at their their piles and piles of money. This is splashy gauche richness in your face richness, <laughs> um, and a lot of shiny puffer jackets. Maybe yeah. that's Chris, maybe that's what Chris Wilder is trying to be like a bit nouveau riche <laughs> with so. his shiny shiny puffer jacket. Mm. <laughs> Um, one early moment I just jotted down again this was sort of in that opening we were getting little clips of of the the new owners being introduced to the press and then intertwined with facts about QPR and a bit of scene setting and uh, we we saw Batia saying QPR is a really strong brand that's one of the things that attracted us to the club as the old Mm. badge is chucked in the bin (laughs) yeah I Oh god, I really remembered when that rebrand happened for QPR. And I really hated that. It's a it, that, yeah, that it's logo a, is hideous. It is. Like the font choice is bad. It just loses any warmth. You know, it by does. the fact it's made look I'm not a graphic designer, to make it look flat as that, it it just looks bad. And then this was I think we've probably made reference to previously in the podcast about 
I can't remember which other team we talked about, but they, they had a period of calling themselves the Pride of London. They did, yes. Which again is thanks to like it it is fascinating the fact about the talk of becoming an international brand is the most hilarious bullshine these people come out with. But it is funny because the people who live those lifestyles, and I, I don't know if there's so much nose clams going around and so much yes men, that I think those people genuinely think and believe those things. And I think with the fact that the sheer monies that they have and that kind of arrogance and that kind of focus, probably yeah. available to make it a bit more of a reality. I guess. I mean, I, I thought it was funny because I know there's the... It's funny because it's not really kind of like a big... Like in, in the world of kind of the uh, the rich, foreign, fancy dandy man who comes in and makes, a, you know, your football club a, a plaything, but also in that kind of sense tries to do a bit of marketing in their home country. There's no kind yes. of big identifiers for where that place is. I mean, there's... This is another great bit. I, I mean, I... Uh, few bits around this point just a quick bit uh oh the dressing room with winners only on the door oh those cockney comedians <laughs> i said i did pause a lot to make notes it's a heady cocaine rush montage of lucre being spunked around um so maybe that's the link the gulf air promotion which is the bahrain national air carrier mm. you know the the chap from there states how qpr wants to establish themselves in the champions league uh luke notes could you imagine warnock doing it in their half of the bernabeu Kicking lumps out of Lewandowski. <laughs> well, it, uh, interestingly, one of the first things Warnock says as he walks through the door is to get rid of that sign, the winners only sign. Yes, yes. That'll have to go. It's about the second thing he says through the door. <laughs> oh, I don't know. That'll have to go. Like, it's almost. Annoyingly, <laughs> uh, <laughs> there isn't a place for this. I think this is probably from one of the. What is the earlier. Uh, Colin documentary that is often used and oh. often I need to find it. I need to probably watch that for the sake of like my football documentary experiences. Um, but you know, my I was chatting with my eldest brother Andy as I usually do, and he came out with the the Warnock quote: "Enjoy it, lads, but fucking enjoy it in their half." Yes, <laughs> which we didn't get to hear here. But anyway. That's uh, that's something. It else. may just be called Warnock. I've seen a thing saying Warnock is the best football documentary on YouTube. Oh, there we go. Which is, you know, call a spade a spade. I guess it's a good, uh, it's a good title. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, we'll get to because he's there's a feature, isn't there? He mm. he uh, will um, he will have his time in this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we get a very early title drop from a uh, title drop moment as Briatore says the plan is Premier League in four years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, are you ready to sort of launch into? I am. Um, can I just provide a bit of kind of context here? Because I, I think it's interesting to kind of look at this QPR side. I, I kind of remembered it feels more prime than my memory because it was kind of Luke coming back off his, you know, pronounced sabbatical. sabbatical. Yeah, and kind of around that time. So I, I think I know kind of a lot of this QPR side of that era. I actually took a screenshot of uh, uh, the Wikipedia squad from the 0809 season. Oh, nice. So we have Lee Camp, obviously very much pronounced championship oh, yeah. goal, goalkeeper of said era, less so these days. Damien Delaney, Damien Stewart, Gavin Mann, who is featured. 
Yes. Um, lanky centre back Fitz Hall. Oh yeah. Uh, Piggy Long Michaela. Size. Piggy Michaela Legatwood. Yeah. Have you pronounced that last name? Uh, Wayne Routledge, Rowan oh. Wine, Akos Bazaki. Yes. Patrick Aguman, Casper Gorks, Martin Rollins, uh, Jordy Peter Ramage, Matthew Connolly, Lee Cook, Liam Miller, Angelo Belanta, who I remember being quite good at one point. Oh, yeah. Jordy Lopez, I don't know much about. And then that's kind of going down. Who else have we got? Yeah. Here? Hogan Ephraim is a youngster, young striker. Helder Helgerson, Heider Helgerson. Heider Helgerson, yeah. Gareth Legendary championship marksman, Helgerson, really. Exactly. Do you get a kick? Do you this? Are you the same as me? You just get a kick out of seeing somebody like Helgerson, like the memories of being worried so many times and being linked <laughs> with him and think, you know, like just somebody like that is just so. I'm sure every club that's had a dalliance with the championship will have memories of him scoring against them and also getting excited about maybe getting him on loan because he's he's one of those players that had periods where he was out of sides and things like that. So you go. Mm going to get him till the end of the season <laughs> um well the, so it's it's an inauspicious start hmm. the first game is a is a lot away at birmingham ian dowie is the manager at this point mm-hmm. um and on immediately the, on the trip to the stadium the owners get excited about that that uh fanzine where they have <laughs> yes, one, they of them as the, one of them is there the mini me Yes. There's a Austin Powers referenced if this thing wasn't dated enough. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a fanzine. I mean, it really could it could happen today, really. A, a mini-me <laughs> reference <laughs> on a fanzine. <laughs> but yeah, Bria, Bria Torre is the uh is Dr. Evil and uh Bernie Eccleston is is the mini-me. And uh yeah, they love that on the way to the ground. We'll have to get a copy. <laughs> Not meaning that they will get a copy. There will be some some little person's job to go and get a copy of the fan. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, I mean, immediately there is sacking talk <laughs> from the owners. <laughs> immediately. <laughs> We're also introduced to a very sort of large character in, in the documentary as a whole, who's G- Giordani Palladini as the sporting director. So not, not one of this, uh, not one of the board. I believe he was there before the takeover. I think he was the chairman before the takeover. Right. Cause uh, there's a lot of um, kind of glossed over from um, near the, near the base of the, of this, of this spine in this Wikipedia kind of squad listing, we do yeah. have a couple of uh, a couple of Ital- Italians, Italianos, Matteo Alberti and Samuel De Carmine. I do re- I do recall De Carmine, who was on loan from Fiorentina, and then obviously we get into some of the links. What is it, Tomasi, Tomasio? Yes, Tomasi. <laughs> so mm. Tomasi being Dem- Damiano Tomasi, who joined at the age of thirty four and seems to you know may have been a son of briatore's i don't know he he's got a special place in flavio's heart <laughs> uh yeah so i said we're introduced to palladini immediate palladini on the phone to some unknown party begging that the other person talk some sense into briatore who's desperate to try and sack dowie um we we then see da- the next thing is Dowie is sacked, so Briatore gets his way after 15 games in that first season. Mm. Um, and appointed in the summer as well. 
Yes, yes. You know, there's also a fun bit that uh, they they kind of talk, out, you know, they talk very candidly outside the ground in, uh, you know, in the Italian accent, which is subtitled, yeah. subtitled for us who do not know that. Um, <laughs> and they kind of say there's no strategy. I said, I think it's a little harsh that they think Ian Dowie has no strategy. I mean, he's a marked hoofball merchant who is sour and hilariously looks like Earthworm Jim. <laughs> Around that time, I'd like to say, Wednesday make a courtesy appearance of being ahead of QPR on the table with a minus six goal difference. The yeah. True, the true marker of a poor side being worse than Wednesday. <laughs> like like eighth in the table with a minus six goal difference, wasn't it? It was like mm. we, were, we were top half with still like a whopping minus. A little um, bit of a mini kind of different gravy connection, which really pleased me, Rich. Um, you know, some of the beautiful shots around going to grounds... I said, ah, the blurred Frankie and Benny's behind the Liberty Stadium. <laughs> the true liberty in life to enjoy second-rate Italian fur. <laughs> um, I, I did enjoy, I, I don't know, it's, there's something about in this sort of context seeing all those, uh, yeah, all those sort of less glamorous chunks of the, of, around football grounds and things like that. I think maybe partly because we're all been stuck in our houses for, a year, you know, it, the the thought of an away day is um, is is mouth watering at this point. Mm. Uh, caretaker manager, coincidentally, rock and roll Wickham manager Gareth Ainsworth. Yes, at one point uh, they say proclaim they are happy with Gareth Ainsworth. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful language, the Italian language is. Oh, it's gorgeous. Mm. Uh, we see a headline saying that Briatore picks the team we see him pushing for Tomasi to play and that yeah Tomasi being this aged <laughs> Italian defensive midfielder um jumping whenever Luke but I, I I the next thing I picked up I picked up was Palladini saying this is such a good team in most teams there are so many whoremongers so many assholes <laughs> around that only cause problems <laughs> Oh, I love uh, that's again probably a genuine thing I could say about the Italian language. The fact that you have a word which gets translated out as whoremongers <laughs> as being a common, I guess, a common insult in the Italian Italian dialects is pretty fantastic. Um, I enjoyed around this time uh, Bernie Eccleston creeping into the dressing room like some Andy Warhol like businessman. Yes, that was nice. Uh, I, I I really like you know the best way to influence play, Rich. Do you know how that is as a as a chairman? You go through the masseuse. Go through the masseuse. <laughs> well, then, so yeah, that was. I mean, the, the, the that uh, Eccleston in the changing room <laughs> moaning that they're spending way too much on waters was very funny. Um, <laughs> you know, just it's just such skin flintery. And then yeah, we see. Briatore being very blasé in front of cameras about sacking people, but then also blatantly trying to affect team decisions. Um, so, yeah, to, sending Palladini to talk to the masseuse and request two substitutes and maybe a sort of recipe for disaster. He calls for Mahan to come on. And in a worst-case scenario for everyone involved, Mahan scores the winning goal, adding great dollops of fuel to the egomaniacal fire. <laughs> Um, a real personal victory for uh, mm. for Flavio. <laughs> we then see sexy, sexy Paolo Souza mm. re revealed as the new manager. 
Paolo Sousa, the suave managerial bastard. I said it's always the fit as fuck Portuguese, isn't it? <laughs> he is. He's a good looking chap, man alive. <laughs> I know, I know. It makes me I like I thought he had a more pronounced managerial career. That was a bit funny thing to go back and look at. I remember him doing did he do well at Swansea? I think he did okay. I vaguely remember him doing okay there. I think he had a higher reputation than what he delivered. I think it's I think it's probably yeah. comfortable to assume. And it's also making me wonder, like, is he getting his jobs because he's a good-looking chap? I think you'd be charmed by him, wouldn't you? Mm. <laughs> it's, it's He really has had... He's had an almost Carlos-esque. So QPR was his first managerial job. Interesting. Then he was at Swansea, really? but only for a year. Mm. Leicester for... I mean, it must have been months he was at Leicester because it's only 2010. Wow, he was at Leicester. I think I forgot about Didier that. Ton. It's really good. He was there for a couple of years. Maccabee, Tel, Tel Aviv, Basel, Fiorentina, then China, Bordeaux. He's currently the Poland manager. So he's the uh, Poland manager. Yes. He's basically mm-hmm. had a team a season almost. It's pretty crazy. Once he uh, wines and dines and has his way with <laughs> it, makes, it makes it sound like he's the one putting, putting them to the side. You know, I'm done with you. I've had my fun trot along financially as a crap manager <laughs> just getting, yeah, rid of, yeah, yeah. getting rid of the periodic basis anyway <laughs> so uh, in terms of kind of next kind of um points i <laughs> i've got a big one with did you really enjoy the uh, the meeting with the fans i think that kind of comes up next yes yes isn't isn't every club a family club i know it's I know. the most trotted out thing oh this is a family club do you mean that families go there? That's uh, that's that's <laughs> kind of every football club. <laughs> I do remember when they came in the door, the owners talking about. It, 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 so what comes up is they were the fact that the fans are really unhappy with the fact that they've used the word boutique. Yes. Club. yes. And <laughs> I do remember that the sort of early doors of those owners kind of talking about turning it into a kind of a bougie little, you know, keeping the ground small uh, and upping the prices, basically. So this is the fans not happy with the Right, okay. Uh, <laughs> the guy at the end, I can't, I can't remember the exact, yes. I wish I had the exact words, but he's like, we do want to do well, though. You know, whatever we say, we would, <laughs> it's just like, of course you do. You're fans of the club. Like you don't need to say that last bit. Um, I, I don't want another trip to League One. <laughs> no, please. Uh, would you promise me that? And the rare sighting of a of a British mullet as well in that. Uh, I want to say that QPR fan from my notes looks like John Cena playing a Cockney wearing a coonskin hat. Forgive, forgive me, because it's it's a difficult word to say. That sounds like I'm being racist, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Uh, I've pronounced the job as Davy Cognat. Well, I wonder if it's an overhang because in my mind, I do associate Jerry Francis with QPR very strongly. And he was a, he was a bemolleted chap, wasn't he? I wonder if it's a staggering haircut. Like it's funny to look back at and think it like, you know, you think, you know, this is a, this is an old documentary. It's from, it's from about, you know, 10, 11, 12 years ago when this happened. But you're there yeah. thinking, 
Yeah, but that haircut's uh, from a lot, a lot. Uh, <laughs> It's like what it's been. It's like it's been. Guy. Like it's been passed down from generations, Rich. <laughs> it's a family haircut. That's what we have to say about the being <laughs> It's not a boutique haircut now. Um, I enjoyed within that scene the divisions laid out across an, impe- an impeccably small table. That's yes. always the fun thing to look at now, especially because we're we're in this world of social distancing. There are so many impeccably small places within football clubs. Yes. Lots of very pokey offices where people are just piling in. Um, however, that division on the table, Rich, schmancy waters for the rich at one end and lukewarm bottles of Fanta for the peasants. <laughs> Get them a couple of balls of tango. They'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> um we had a montage of misses there. There was a little bit of Wednesday. They missed a couple yes. of shots on Wednesday. Uh, I said, I, I guess it means a lot that you would use the footage and not be able to bag against Wednesday's £20 million defence. <laughs> and after the misses against Wednesday, we zoom in on a headline in a newspaper, couldn't hit a cow's arse, but with their nickname arse, <laughs> not arse. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> I bet, I bet the journalist, the local journalist, is like, oh, I'll put that one away. I'll use that again in seven years. I, I reckon it gets used like once a season. You mean it's the oh, one? Are we going to use the R's? Are we going to use the R's again today? No, no, not yet. Okay, all right. All right. It's the, it's the one year plan, Rich. The one year plan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've made a note. Um, I've always wondered what a sporting director does day to day. If this film is to be believed, it's mainly angrily scribbling on a fixture list and guessing how many points you might get. Because <laughs> we, yes. we see Gianni doing that about three times in short succession. <laughs> we need seven points from these games. <laughs> uh, because obviously the football manager and the players wouldn't have any idea about that, would they? Not without a sporting director there to tell them. <laughs> What's my motivation in this game? Your motivation is to get seven points from these three games. Okay. Stupid manager might look at those fixtures and go, should we try and win all of them? And then no. <laughs> the sporting director's like, let's try and get seven points from these next five games. Oh, I loved some of the montage. There's one shot which I have no context of what happened, but they opened some football gates uh, in the snow to let the fans in. I'm like, what, what are you... <laughs> Why are you complaining about big ticket prices? Just just wait by a gate, and one of the uh, stewards will just let you let you everybody flood in for free. <laughs> I, there was then a meeting about cutting costs, and we mm. got the reveal that Dowie was paid off to the tune of two million pounds. <laughs> oh, he's there like, don't don't worry about my. Uh, He's there going to the people at Sky being like, oh, don't worry about what you're going to pay me for soccer Saturday, lads. Don't you worry. <laughs> so I suppose that that's an interesting little like behind the scenes, isn't it? Because so effectively, I guess, Dowie is owed, was owed two and a half million. And presumably they said, well, if we give it you now, will you take two? So they've saved half a million and Dowie's got a whopping payoff all at once. But it just kind of boggles the mind, doesn't it? That, that is think so, of the, big money. Think of the savings. Think of the savings. There's just such a dazzling compilation of what did I just see there? Like that's yeah. the thing I think just entices and excites the eyeballs. 
in this documentary. It's a lot of time to get in. There's a lot of shots that they've got. I love the quick shot of the players just rolling the ball around their bodies continually. <laughs> you know, there's so many kind of really tedious looking, bizarre warm-up pieces that people yeah. do in football. And it's like, why are you doing that? You're not going to be carrying the football. In a kind of um, QVC type uh, deal, if you sack four <laughs> Ian Dowies, you get the fifth Ian Dowie free. <laughs> Now, now, if you go elsewhere, you'd probably only roughly get about three Ian Dowies for this. But today, we'll give you five Ian Dowies and free shipping. So, as as a result of the the meeting, we we see uh, Fitz Hall, I believe, giving Palladini some stick as he arranges to a deal where leading scorer Dexter Blackstock is loaned. Yes, to yeah. Um, <laughs> Paolo Souza is asked about that after the next game where I think they didn't score again. Um, and he's, it was interesting, wasn't it? Cause it, it was very much one of those, your side, my side and the truth type moments, because yeah. I think Souza was careful in his words, but he did sort of intimate that he wasn't really given a choice. He was told about it ahead of time. <sighs> Why is that? But, but that's, that's, it's a little bit commonplace. I want to say. Well, Palladini's sort of saying, well, if you'd said you didn't want to, we would have stopped it. But I, it's, uh, I don't know. I mean, mm. so we, we see Palladini scrambling with Briatore. These guys start off well, then they get big headed. Newspapers, interviews, their names in lights. It goes to their head. At the beginning, he always had a tracksuit on. After a while, he's got his hand in his pocket, all dressed up like Mourinho. <laughs> Can we just talk about, I think it might have been the same thing that you were talking about, the meeting where the, it must have been Palladini. I think I made the mistake of writing down Briatore. It's Palladini, right? Mm. I'm just so racist. All those Italians just all look the same. <laughs> um, I need, uh, Rich, I need to sample Palladini saying 442 repeatedly for a hip-hop beat. <laughs> Did you also love Sal's... Briatore. Souza having his meeting with the with the board. I think it is Briatore that keeps saying Fafatu, 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 Fafatu. Saza protesting, and some games I played with free strikers is yes. pure gold. <laughs> I see your two strikers. I raise you free strikers. <laughs> Oh dear. So all this leads to Suzu is sacked. So <laughs> we're on manager number two for this season. Um, for divulging highly confidential and sensitive information, uh, we later see uh, Briatore saying that Suzu had bad-mouthed players and everybody on the internet. Mm. Um, <laughs> we, then, we then see Palladini saying he has a plan. They need someone cheap who doesn't want to change any of the squad and is willing to take orders. Um, mm. <laughs> and we start to see the, some of the backlash now. So Briatore mm -hmm. and the board have booed at a home game, actually against Wednesday. Um, Excellent. He wants the name of the booers or he'll sell the club. Uh, and then that's kind of the end of that season. Mm. I've got a lot of little scrappy little notes from this period. Go for it. Uh, just about Blackstock going in March is great. Like, oh, yeah. I, I miss I miss those transfer windows. Yeah. I just want to just do business. Or the lack of. Lack of, yeah. 
Shout out to the subtitles that were used, which captured Salsa going off as instructive shouting. <laughs> um, I'm learning a lot, Rich. I'm learning that uh, the Italian for idiot is idiota. Idiota, yes. I love that journo who wasn't paying attention, <laughs> who was asking the other guy over the show that was about the about the selling of a like, <laughs> like the, the journal obviously uh, in his mind I, I imagine he was saying wait what happened i was thinking about a pickled onion sandwich i was going to have later <laughs> uh the officers again are so depression the depressingly shit english officers yeah uh, the thing that's it's hilarious like there's files up oh, i don't know what those files are for <laughs> um i love the printout of the wages that was great yeah uh, wrongdoing is a great word in English language. Shout out to wrongdoing. It certainly is. I love the club statement of Salsa Sacking put out in some archaic Microsoft Word template. <laughs> they they did a good job with the formatting. I'm going to say, Rich, they're clearly they're <laughs> clearly they're paying some office stalwarts the big bucks for a half decent Word template. <laughs> they get they get someone in over the summer. They get a work experience in, and they do all of the possible letters for the season ahead. Mm. <laughs> I. You know, they had the um, they cut to some people on Sky Sports News. Here's one person saying, you know, that he's going to tear up his season ticket. But I mean, that's the yes. problem with the problem with new football these days is you can't tear up a season ticket anymore, can no. you? No, you just you bend your season ticket card to the point that it. <laughs> I'm going to take a pair of scissors to my season ticket. <laughs> <laughs> Even then, the chip might still work if I'm tempted to come back. I love the shot of the QPR fans outside of booze and named the Springbok. Uh, it's, it's a it's a pub that advertises that it has a dartboard, Rich. <laughs> this is it. We, is we think we were saying Briatori is a wanker. Is a wanker. I believe that was the one. Yeah, like I don't know. Yeah, God, there's people in the big smoke know how to live, don't they? They have pubs that advertise. They have dartboards. Other places don't advertise it up north, and then you just go in, and there's a dartboard already fucking there. End of the season, still dog shit, but they're above Wednesday, so that's mm. that's progression, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, Rich, you've got the package right there. How how is it? Mm, it's black and gold. It speaks to quality and untold goodness. So, this is the Weed Whacker electric nose and ear hair trimmer, waterproof. Got that same skin safe technology as well. Oh, 9,000 RPM motor and a 360-degree rotary stainless steel blade system. So you're not missing any angles. I don't know if you know they, about they really don't loop. shirk. They really don't shirk on quality, do they? they don't. I, I do know a little bit about angles, but why don't you tell me more about angles? Well, 360 is, is pretty much all of those angles covered. 360-degree. <laughs> it's, it's right up there in terms of coverage of angles. It's cordless. It's rechargeable. It's got a 90-minute battery in there. I mean, it's a it's a lovely looking thing. Again, you you end up with a product that's not just useful, but also a looker as well. I'm looking. For, a, oh, it's it's drop dead gorgeous. I must mm. say. And uh, I'm just yeah, I'm looking forward to to whacking that up my schnoz and in my lug holes, clearing them out. I, I imagine I'll be hearing more things. Yeah. Smelling new scents. There you go. You're gonna be a you're gonna be a changed man next time we talk. Absolutely. It's pinnacle performance in in a in a in a tight package. This is this is what you want. No nicks or snags. That's what she said. 
Thank you for the folks that have gone ahead and ordered things. We're kind of shocked and amazed and hugely pleased that some people have. If you want to go ahead and, and make a purchase, if you've been holding off through the month of April, it's still happening in May. Uh, you can get along to manscaped.com and use the code GRAVYBALLS to get 20% off and free shipping. You know, turn that gooch into Gucci with Manscaped. That's part of the new copy, Luke. Do you, do you like that? You've always been a fan of I alliteration, yes. and you've always really liked that the peritoneum. So that's your two favorite things together. <laughs> they just they speak to everything I want with their quality products. Uh, Manscaped.com, gravy balls, and twenty percent off and free shipping. Manscaped, your balls will thank you. So does that bring us to season 0910, I guess? Does it it does. Mm. And uh, new manager, they found Ooh. the man that uh, that it was cheap. <laughs> wouldn't want to change the squad and was willing to take orders. And that man was Jim Magilton. Formerly of this parish. Formerly of this parish. During the photo op, he said, you're probably thinking he's better looking than Ian Day, but not as good looking as Paula Sousa. <laughs> Spot on. Spot on. Who is, Jim? Who is? That's exactly what we're thinking, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that is such a sort of merry-go-round thing. It's like this the uh, probably the photo- photographer's got that world weary look in his eyes. Like this is the fourth <laughs> visit to <laughs> Loftus Road in in as many months. <laughs> I wish I could find out what was some of the background music for this documentary. It, it was kind of like an English yola tango. I kind of enjoyed it. I must say. Yeah. At times, like the music was quite good. Sometimes it was really bad. I but agree. yeah. Mm. It's enjoyable. Uh, it's it's nice. Well, well, we'll we'll do a kind of overall thing. But you know, it's ninety minutes that slips down easy. It's got to be said. It does. Um, we see them working away on the minutiae of a budget, tweaks to the costs of meals, flowers in boxes, adding up to savings of three hundred seventy-five thousand a season, which is great. But they're running through managers like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> They just, they just, they just, they just, they just need to pay Paul Hart in sandwiches, don't they, Rich? <laughs> oh dear. I mean, I did quite enjoy that sort of seeing some of that kind of like day to day cost cutting type. Thing. Uh, yes. Um, yeah. Uh, so basically, <laughs> the meals provided in the boxes were 12, 11 or 12 pounds. <laughs> £10. Sorry, go. If only they could get Jim Magilton on like free plowman's lunch a week or something <laughs> like this. Yeah. I won't stand for it. The plowman's lunch that I signed up for was actually worth £11.90, and this one's only <laughs> worth £11 if you can have the cost of raw materials. <laughs> he didn't get it in market value, did he? You know, <laughs> no. The market price on his plowman's lunch. I used to get lovely flowers in this room, and now I don't get any. They only get flowers in the nice boxes. Mm. Oh, dear. <laughs> they're, they're spending a staggering amount on flowers. I don't... Is yeah. that a big thing when in the corporate circles of football grounds? I don't think... Well, the match was absolutely rotten, but they do put on a nice spread of flowers in the, in the old box there. <laughs> they do. They do. I, I mean... Some nice petunias. Nice petunias. I don't know where you get tulips at this time of year, but they find a way. <laughs> um, incredibly quickly, Magilton is also out the door. Uh, he's had an altercation with the player, leaves by mutual consent, denies any wrongdoing. So that's the last two under a cloud. So whether they are at this stage paying 
Sousa and Magilton, I don't know, or whether they reached an agreement or whether they didn't have to pay them because they... If you, um, if you still, if you don't sever them, they could still be on gardening leave. Like Wednesday, have had that well, situation, right? We've just had it. Yeah. Like, oh, it's not the only managerial wage we're paying right now. Well, that's effectively so that they're, <laughs> they're having these conversations, saving money here, you know, saving one pound ninety on a plate of food <laughs> in, <laughs> in the boxes. Downgrade like, the quality yeah, of the crisps. If yeah. you've got three man, yeah, yeah. We're going to have to drop the walkers and go to Golden Wonder. I'm really sorry. We didn't want to do this, but we have to. In some of the cheaper boxes, we might have to go for Space Invaders. I've got a, got a contact or some, uh, I've got some links on some Tato's going to come in. <laughs> now, we've just got to hope they like quarterbacks. This is... Oh, who doesn't <laughs> love a quarterback? <laughs> oh, God, I love a quarterback. I want a quarterback now, Rich. Oh, that's my day ruined. I just want some, just want some cheap corn snacks. That's what I want. They're so flavoursome. Those, uh, those mm. cheeseburgers. are they cheeseburger flavoured? I think so. I Oof. believe. So. Oof, Oof. <laughs> classy, just like the Americans. <laughs> some of some of them quarterbacks, like they got in states. They're very much the Tom Brady of the snack world. <laughs> <laughs> very much. Have. If they would have a, if they would have a crisp. Spouse, it would be Giselle. Oh, of course. Oh, anyway. Oof. Um, Paul Hart next in the door mm. resigns within a month. Uh, <laughs> uh, we see more fans sort of uh slagging off Briatore, uh, right, with, the, with the wankiest chance going, I must say. Well, we also get the uh, once again, we get a title drop moment with the full year plan. You're having a laugh. Uh, so we get the get the title in again, nicely done. Mm-hmm. Uh, we so again another parallel to Wednesday. We see Briatore and Bataya um, talk, t- talking to a meeting of the players and mm-hmm. say, saying, uh, "Which one of you's the captain at the moment?" I think he says at one point, Briatore. <laughs> this is but basically, it's the same. Why you guys need Wikipedia? <laughs> <laughs> But it's like, it's very, I mean, the bit that we see at least is just such pointless, just tr- you should try hard and uh, bomb sniffer Ephraim. T- Chips up says, I think he's, I think the man that pays our wages is right. I think he's onto something here. We should try. <laughs> you could just collectively see all the other players roll their eyes. Um, uh, Briatore constantly referencing the fans paying ten pounds is a real yes. separation from reality. Uh, yeah, we also had we also had another shot of the Springbok, Rich, and this time I learned they've got a pool table as well. Oh my goodness! Fuck, heady days at the Springbok. If they've got Sky TV, I don't know why you'd ever want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, what would I go on? It's got it's got a pool table. It's got a dartboard. <laughs> But we get to the point, Briatore is staying away from the ground. He's uh, he's had enough. He's in a huff. As you say, slagging off the fans for only paying 10 quid. And I'm, <laughs> I'm, saying, I'm pretty sure nobody got in for 10 quid. Uh, he then awesome. steps down as chairman. Well, you've paid, you've paid about 30-odd pounds or whatever it was at the time. Or like, yes. I think it was like late 20s or something like that, probably. I, I imagine. Or, um, you, or, you, or you got in through that uh, steward opening the, <laughs> the gates. 
Yeah. Which probably does average out somewhere near 10 pounds. <laughs> we need to get less people through the free gate or more people through the site. <laughs> the problem is we're trying to charge people right next to the free gate and people are thinking, I'm, or, I'm not. I'm or, we, or we downgrade the pickled onions. I don't know. <laughs> Tough decisions. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> We get some excellent uh, male streaker footage, mm. uh, pulling his pulling his pants down, showing his bum off to the world. Uh, he did. He had a good run, didn't he? And then he kind of he he got he ran into a corner and he, he cornered himself. Really, it was it was pretty. It was looking so promising, and then he, uh, mm. he, he out of steam basically. But this this is sort of the moment of things getting real. So Bata, Bata, uh, Batia takes over. Um, gives an awkward team talk after the, after a win. Um, you could sort of tell he didn't want to be there, and the players didn't want to have to listen to him. <laughs> 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 I don't know who concocted it as a good idea. Mm. Um, and this is where Warnock walks in the door. They sign mm. Warnock. Mm. He's all charm and generous comments about the club and playing the game as he waves to the box after a debut win. Um, Oh, they finished I, that season. So go on. I loved the. I don't know who what he was. One of the parts of the, like I think Batia's kind of people. He was a Indian Pakistani yeah. gentleman, the one working on the press release, going on the phone, talking about stability, saying, <laughs> "Yes, I don't want everyone to think we are so fucking volatile." Is yes. was a great moment. <laughs> did we ever get his name? I don't think we did. No, I just think he was no. one of the. One of them, one of the people working there. At one point, he's walking with Batia and says, uh, "You always end up looking like Brad Pitt, and I look like your security," which is rather <laughs> funny. <laughs> I like Batia a lot. I mean, that's more of a. He seems like an all right chap, doesn't he? He does. He does. He seems he seems all right for a mega rich. You know, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> he seems all right. Um, they finished safe. Mm. Uh, as we know, elsewhere Wednesday lose a relegation shootout with QPR and end up in League One. <sighs> Any more bits and bobs from that season? Um, I enjoyed a lot of the Colin bits. I think that kind of started. This is the start of the the kind of Colin, yes. Colin, Colin meet to the to the to the documentary. Um, just as a kind of slightly aside, aside from Colin, did you see that uncomfortable looking guy in the coat standing while Warnock speaks post match? <laughs> he was like a toothless, gormless cerebrus. <laughs> I, did, I didn't pick up on that, but I, I need to go back now and uh, look back. out. I said, God, Colin gives great cop copy. Mucking, yeah. as I call it, cross, edders, tackles. <laughs> Journos just love him, don't they? You can tell, you know, like when people, when, we, when Bruce was the manager yeah. and people talked about having a proper manager... Yeah, and I think you just see that with Warnock, don't you? You just he knows this is a game. There's a game to be played all the time here. Mm. You've got your team, and what you do with them is one thing. But you've got to be, you've got to sort of sweeten up the board. Yeah, you've got to play nice with the press. You've got there's there's you give a bit to the fact. Do you know? Like it's just you can just see. Not not like sociopathic, but it, he's playing a game all the time. Like Colin, he's on all yes. the time, yes. and you just yeah. see little touches of it. There's a bit where 
um, the start of the next season, he's he he's walks into the corporate box and somebody's giving him a bit of stick, saying, "Oh, you got lucky with the ref there," and he does a little like pretends he he's giving the ref a backhander and stuff. And it's just like little things like, that and you just like I you know, can. I know. I bet these guys, the club just feels different when they walk in the door, and I bet yeah. there was that. You can sort of feel that everyone relaxes a bit because they just know that this is somebody who knows what they're about. And I'm sure that's what happened with Bruce as well. Mm. Uh, final bit, because I know because Newcastle celebrate promotion on their spot, which is something, something mm. they come back to later, isn't it? Saying, you know, so something yes. that's always happened. Newcastle and that fucking hideous banana stripes away kit. Yeah, awful. Hideous. I, I also want to say with what you said about Colin is like uh, it's it's like a certain take off the Chris Rock joke, isn't it? Like you uh, you always you you meet people's representative. Yes, you yes. always meet Colin's representative for different. Yeah, don't you? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so we we see that this the sort of unnamed character. Um, we see him talking about the fact that on the phone saying we did really well, we've got nine new players and we've only spent 3.5 million spread over two years. So it's been mm-hmm. a bit of upheaval, probably the classic Warnock thing of he's, he's brought some quick little ones and some big stodgy ones as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and early doors. So one of the features throughout is watching the, the board at the games and there's lots of, effing and jeffing and sack this person he's an effing he's an idiot whatever and Palladini's right in the midst of it screaming and whatever else but we see very early doors uh Batia saying uh to Gianni Palladini if he wants to scream at the players he'll have to sit somewhere else this season <laughs> which did make me laugh and you could just see Palladini just put back in his box and he looked a little bit sheepish at that point mm. um and basically they go off like an absolute rocket Mm. <laughs> that's the, there's not a huge amount of drama in in this this third season because isn't it i thought it was funny that like i i think i must have missed that bit that you said because i was like looking back and being like warnock did what he always did didn't he which is like i'm going to bring in a whole a smorgasbord mm. of strikers like he's got jamie mackey you know he picked up leon leon clark from us oh yeah and also, like, there's a slight kind of association, as I will say, to kind of go back a little bit. With some of those post-match talks, we got to have an insight into just the sheer orgy of buffet food <laughs> after every game. Yes. I mean, I'm very sympathetic to Leon Clark now and his weight issues while he was at Sheffield Wednesday now, because me and you, Rich, we'd just be, uh, we'd be ruined. Crazy. Our professional careers, we'd just be... <laughs> If we were in this and like the bit where, you know, Batia comes in to talk to the players, me and you would just be sneaking down a few sandwiches that we kept from the last game. Yeah, yeah, good one. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> I also love the preseason for that one. It looked like a sports day. <laughs> it did. The camera clearly missed Ward at taking them for a three legged race drill with assistant manager. <laughs> Uh, getting beanbags from different distances along the <laughs> along the way and putting them in a bucket. <laughs> there was also one of the things, one of the exercises was, um, and I don't know. I, I mean, I guess you want to train for what you what you do, and if you're a you're a worn out defender, you might mm. be doing some shoving. But the um, there was a player holding a weight, holding weights up. Um, 
at like sort of chest level mm. and kind of pushing them forward whilst the coach pushed them back. And I just thought that's a, I just thought that was a, what is that for? That's a very strange thing to do. But uh, oh. yeah, what's well, the, the, the spirit of sports day was definitely in the air watching those, the, those uh, scenes. The cringiest mm. bit of this documentary. It's not very cringy, even though it's funny and you're like, what the hell happened there? Yeah. The bit that just made my, it, it, Oh, it puts my, as a man who's, I've been here and I've done embarrassing things before. The awkwardness yeah. of the fan asking Warlock if he'll do him a favor is oh, hard yeah. to watch. Yes. <laughs> I'll try. I'll try. Yeah. Those interactions ne- <laughs> don't never look good, do they really? No, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so we see Manish in the uh, the Football League show studio saying that QPR are having their best start for th- for 63 years. Uh, and after six weeks of the season, they've got a plus 17 goal difference. So all those different strikers are, it's working. Uh, after eight games, they're 20 plus, uh, and they've got 26 points out of the first 10 games. I mean, that is jaw-dropping form. <laughs> That's insane. That's what, eight wins, two draws? Basically, yeah. Yeah. Including... One delicious little morsel I really snacked on a lot was uh, being the pigs away at that at uh, yes bumhole Bramall Lane, bumhole Stain. That was when um, Blackie was manager, old Kevin Blackwell, old uh, the egg the Eggman, and that was the one which they they dicked them three nil, and he was sacked quickly afterwards. Right, uh, remembering being him and being incredibly ruffled on football heaven. What I know, Seth. <laughs> you tell me, Seth. Oh, so much fun! So much fun. How how often does that ha- ever work? Football loves doing that. There's this great iconic. I mean, great is relative here with Warnock, but there's this iconic manager, and for Sheffield United, Warnock is an iconic manager. And you go to his assistant, hoping that like they've somehow they were the power behind the throne. I don't really yeah. know what. But football does that all the... I guess they're a cheap option. I know. Well, yeah. Um, But it's... How often does that work? It's one of those, like, you know, definition of madness things is keep trying that. I I think... But I think in the kind of defence of the pigs and that situation, like, Mm. it did work for a bit. I think the thing is the the wheels came off in usual uh, pig playoff fashion. Yes, like they got close on the black yeah. on the blackie a few times. <laughs> um, but then, but then that's more of an argument to say actually, like you know the 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 um, the revolving door of kind of guff managers that we've kind of seen yeah. through this documentary. Like they were fairly there with the players that they had. Like I don't ever think I was looking back at that squad and I'm like, that's a pretty. You know, to, for me to do that recap of the the front end of this, near the front end of the show, it's a pretty competent championship squad. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it's not like a top six one. And I mean, that's the staggering thing that for the, uh, you know, the power of the magic of Warnock is, is that he's going to come in and spend, if he wants to come and do this, he's going to spend a fucking shitload of money. But then, I mean, two or three and a half million is not... 
No, but he, he spends it in the right places and he plays he on his characters. Yeah. And I mean, this was a season, this was the Adele Tarap season as well. Yeah. Who looked an f- absolute phenomenon at that level. He did. he did. And the player who I went to look and see where he is now, I think he's at somewhere at Benfica playing as a defensive midfielder. Oh, wow. He's sort of done that drop back as he gets older thing. I guess so, yeah. But I mean, it's, it's, uh, I mean, it's a long time ago and that's, you know, it's, it's like 12 years ago. A lot can happen within that time. But for me, you know, he's still very much key in image. You associate players with certain times. He was that, he was that pacey bag of tricks player who just yeah, did a little bit of everything, really. I think certainly as well, like, um, and, and you could maybe argue that he's a manager that's had his day now, Warnock. But for that period of time, I he think just got yeah. the he got the meta game of whatever was going on in the championship football wise. He knew how to circuit, how play, how to play winning football at championship level. I think Paul Sturrock had it at League One for a time mm. when he was our manager. He just knew in a in a replicable way. What what wins games at that yeah. level? Yeah. And if you and it was a sliding scale. If you could give him more money, it would happen easier. Which is what I guess what happened at QPR. If he had less money, it would happen slower. But he would slowly build a team that would consistently win. Mm. You're talking about let's pick up two two points or more per game on average. That's what mm. it works out as over the season. And he just he just had it. He, he, he's still got a, a fair amount of it, but um, hopefully maybe things have changed. There's a bit more quality in the championship. I don't know whether that's the case or not. I'd like to think it's the case. Um, I guess it'll like, be interesting to see what happens to, to Borough this forthcoming yeah. season in the championship, right? Yeah. To see, but he, his currency, he still feels more in currency rather than your Pulis's of the world, right? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's just that you know, taking taking United up, and you know, it's just that hot. He was in such a hot streak, really, in terms of his his career there. Because he t- did he take Palace up as well? I believe he did. Yeah. So that's you've got three promotions in a row at, at different clubs. Pretty much, which is yeah. it's pretty staggering. Not too far off with Cardiff, I guess. Right. Not too far off with Cardiff. Not did too far off with Leeds. I don't think. Mm. Anyway. Um, anyway. <laughs> to click to uh, click on a bit, kick on a bit. The comedy of um, of Colin asking for players yeah. with a sly ask of the transfer market, and then <laughs> camera the camera cuts to Harry Redknapp is extremely well done. I said, I said, um, yeah, I, I said, uh, I said, Amit and uh, Warnock talk transfer budgets and targets, and summoned like Bloody Mary or Candyman. When the word transfer is said often enough, we zoom in on Harry Redknapp in the distance. He's brought his car door with him and he looks interview ready. Beautiful. Beautiful. He would have been Spurs boss at the time. Interesting. Okay. But interesting to see him kind of looming because he did then take, he took over uh, as manager from Warnock, I think. Oh, when they, he got up and then struggled, he was the one there. No, it was Mark Hughes, wasn't it? Oh, it was Mark Hughes they went to, but he did he did end up, basically, he did end up as the QPR manager after after Spurs. Do you, um, like me, Rich, like pronouncing Mark Hughes, but like it kind of becomes one word? Like Mark, Mark Hughes. Mark Hughes. Mark Hughes. I always describe him as Dower Welshman Mark Hughes. <laughs> I feel that's like that's his true. full title. Uh, so Warnock saying that he'd love 4 million when he could do with 500k is classic. 
classic Colin. Yes, yeah. It kind of hurt me a little, him saying they should just flog Clark for 200k. Yeah. Clark was a Heffernan. He was. Mm. Uh, we see them sign Routledge, a quick guy, and Ishmael Miller. Well, we don't see them. We see them score goals in the, in the next mm-hmm. montage. Routledge, a quick guy, and Ishmael Miller, a big guy. So he kind of got at least one of each of his favorites. Um, I really enjoyed Amit uh, referring to him as Neil Warnock constantly, like his full name. <laughs> Very sweetly respectful, but also <clears throat> kind of surreal. They feel they've bagged themselves a second-tier promotion rock star. Yeah. And they also, that so that conversation, they have that conversation with Warnock, and then when Warnock leaves, he sort of says, like, he's we're going to have to sell such and such, but we, we don't tell him that now. Let him have today, and then later down the line, we'll be you have to sell these guys. <laughs> so they're trying to like play him somehow. I don't know whether that worked or not, but um, mm. just funny to see their little like huddle afterwards. It's like, don't worry about it, mate. I've he's in my pocket. I've got it. I've got it. <laughs> <laughs> so the the sort of kick in the tail here, the sting in the tail, drama wise, is QPR is still top of the league going into the second half of the season. But there's a f- lots of focus on the signing of Diego Faulin, uh, Argentinian midfielder, come striker, um, and whether or not they used uh, a non-FIFA agent, whether there was third-party ownership. Basically, it's probably not far off the era of the Tevez Mascherano thing, um, and it's the same sort of questions getting asked, really. Um, <laughs> I just made a note. I can't quite remember what prompted this. I made a note saying, despite the incredible season, Briatore still moans about Warnock. He's a complete bellend. Because um, <laughs> he kept talking about choosing to lose and things like that. Mm. Uh, QPR secure promotion and the title. We see, see a wild head Gianni Palladini kissing anybody nearby and telling Warnock, you saved my life. I love you. Um, so then we have the trial. So the season's finished. They've won the yeah. game. They've won the, they've won the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been presented with the trophy, but it's there's there's this question mark hanging over the legality of this move, and and there's the potential of a points deduction. So we have the trial. Seven charges: uh, four against the club, three against Gianni Paladini himself for bringing the game into disrepute, including bringing the game into disrepute. Um, press ganged on the way to his car after one of the days of the trial. He says, I tell you, the sky is blue and everything is blue. Profound. Mm. <laughs> the trial is supposed to be three days, but it's delayed. Uh, the verdict will be given at 11 a.m. on the last day of the season. So this is kind of, it's a good, it's a good, you know, from, from a purely um, enjoying the drama of a documentary standpoint, it's a good, this is a, this is all good stuff. It's all grist to the mill for um, making it an exciting ending. Uh, we see a fair amount of Clem outside the ground, mm. uh, who is a character that you either love or hate, um, or love to hate. Speaking about a man, a, a manager like uh, Neil Warnock, um, Mark Clement is always on, isn't he? He is always on. There's no off button on Mark. He's Clement. always talking in that same sort of slightly whispering in your ear kind of way, even if you're just a fan that has grabbed a hold of his collar and forced him to speak to him on the street. But kind of but kind of always loud. Yes, yeah, very. Gruff but loud. 
gruff but loud. Clem. <laughs> so we see a wild, another, you know, wild-eyed, wild-haired Gianni Palladini barge his way into the changing room. No points deduction! No points deduction! <laughs> he screams it again and again. He runs out to the pitch. He screams it up at the box, um, celebrating like it was life or death and collapsing in tears. Uh, you do wonder, I mean, I, I don't want to make any, I, um, cast any aspersions. Mm. <laughs> But him saying to Warnock that you saved my life and the way he reacted to that thing, I know it's it does obviously football matters a lot when you're in the midst of it. Um, but I, I, about whether, whether like genuinely he might have, you know, there was some threats from uh, you just think rich Italians. I'm sorry, this is probably racist of me to say, but you wonder where the money comes from, <laughs> you wonder where what the ties are, what the links are. Mm-hmm. And uh, whether whether there was more than football on the line for Gianni Palladini uh, in this season. Uh, so two charges were proved out of, proven out of the or, or, or they were found guilty of two of the charges out of the, the seven, but no points deduction. They paid a whopping fine. It was um, well, I say whopping. It, it was uh, just less than half of a dowie. Uh, they paid eight hundred seventy five thousand pounds to to the FA. Uh, part of that being paying their fees, um, and that was the that was one of the debts that they were sort of threatened. If they didn't pay it back, they might not get to play play football the next season. But um, I think eventually it got reduced fairly considerably. Uh, so the post post the action, we get a, a, another kind of uh, scroll of information. So uh, the Formula One guys sell up to Tony Fernandez. Uh, who became the chairman and, and remains in place as the as the chairman? Uh, the Mittals kept their thirty three percent, and Ahmet Batia remained vice chairman. Uh, Gianni Palladini left by mutual consent, and as we touched on, Warnock was sacked just after Christmas and replaced by Dower Welshman Mark Hughes. Any other bits and bobs before we kind of take a look at the piece as a whole? Um, I think it's interesting to always look at, like, we still have never seen a points deduction from a player's rights issues, mm. which, again, is the nature seems seemingly of if you buy an Argentinian, then you only get partial of an Argentinian, <laughs> you know, like if you bought, you know, like you said, if you bought half a Argentinian Ian Dowie, <laughs> you'd only get the forehead, you'd only get the forehead, yeah. You don't get the bit of the earthworm that you cut off, but the rest of it kind of goes back. Yeah. <laughs> so really, you're getting to in various in the process. Um, but then like, I remember, like Fallen was a very deep good player for QPR. Yes, he was. But it, but I never felt that he was. I don't know. There's a lot of Ferraris kind of sticking around. Yeah. That QPR team, you know, like it. It didn't feel something that's going to really rock the boat with that. It's not. It's not really Carlos Tevez for West Ham, is it? Really? Well, I, 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 I know we have a particular perspective on that, but <laughs> I always thought, I, I always thought his influence was fairly muted for for West Ham, and I, I know, um, but pronounced I enough through a few margins. situations, right? What's that? Sorry, but pronounced enough for a few situations, I believe. I guess so. He played twenty six games and scored seven goals. For for West Ham, it's 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 kind of pronounced. I don't know. At the bottom, things are more pronounced, aren't they? If you're winning, 
if you're winning lots of games then and scoring lots of goals, mm. one player's influence on that is a lot smaller. I don't. Yeah, it's int- I know what you're saying. Fowlin, I think, was like he was one of the hot properties in the championship. I think he was sort of one of these guys regularly linked with Premier League moves, but not the be all and end all. But should that matter? Even if they do nothing, should it matter? I don't know. It's a, it's a tricky one. Mm-hmm. They also spent a crap load of money at QPR to get up. Indeed. And then they Maybe probably paid vast, vast sums of money in breaking FFP. And they did. Yeah. Well, the, the championship, the, the, the EFL told them that they wouldn't get back in if they didn't pay the amount. But I think in the, in the end, they paid a trifling sum, didn't they? I think they paid something like 18000 to get back in. Mm-hmm. Against a huge, what what should have been a huge uh, fine. Um, so yeah, what, what did you what did you make of the the film? I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I, <clears throat> you know, I think I talked about that kind of like breakneck pace, but it 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 felt very interesting and entertaining. Um, it it felt kind of I don't know, just very visually enjoyable. Enjoyable. Yeah, which I didn't really get from the Leeds one. You know, we remember we talked about that because that had a very kind of breakneck, heady kind of cocaine montage. Yes, kind of yeah. Feel and that kind of we mentioned that trans world sports vibe that yes. came off when we looked at that one. <laughs> um, so no, that was good. I it it's fun. It has enough moments of kind of being telling, but just also just kind of being just capturing some of the the mental the mental energy. That was kind of going off yeah. around that football club. Yeah. And really staggering that, you know, they they got that. They got it right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, 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 it all worked in the end, weirdly. <laughs> and I think that's I think that's the thing as a Wednesday fan watching it, you kind of you naturally think about what might have been. Mm. And, and, you, and there's so many comparisons, right? Kind of rumors absolutely. of meddling with uh, team squads and yeah. certain kind of outside influences, a bit of a kind of stripping of masculinity and ownership for the manager yeah. um, through other kind of focuses. Um, very much a contemptuous relationship right now with the fan base. Uh, increased ticket prices, which that's a that's a great way to piss fans off. You know? <laughs> yeah. Changing the identity, changing the badge. Changing the, the identity, changing the badge. There's a lot to kind of think about, but yet it 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 worked. It did for that period, for that period, and what they were trying to do. I mean, since then, it's. I think, yeah, I think the combination you had though, and you you saw, I think Amit Batia seems like a very good, sensible businessman. I mean, sometimes you you see somebody operating, and you're like, oh yeah this is why this person is successful. And mm. I think he immediately gives up. I think Ria Torre, uh, I know he he's made a lot of money in his time. Uh, it feels like it was a lot. It must have been a very long time ago because he just is this kind of like sloppy mess. Um, he looks kind of half cut. He's constantly angry. You know, like that is not a functioning successful person. Um, whereas Batia is a young, kind of swashbuckling, 
presumably money-making machine. He's he just feels professional and sensible and not all the things that you'd like from a chairman. Mm. And then you add to that Warnock, who is it, it <laughs> I think that one of the main things it makes me think is what might have been if Bruce had stayed. Because we never quite got our season with the with the with the trusty operator in, yes. in charge. We never did know. And never gave him the power and the the tools to do what he does what he says on the tin, right? Yeah. But very much I think an argument for in kind of comparison to see things that are not there that I agree with you with um with kind of Amit 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 Batia's kind of running of the club. Forgive me if I've mispronounced or misspelled. No, I, I I think I've probably said it about three different ways. But that's okay. Yeah. But I I think it shows the power of having someone who has the steel and the tact and probably emotional intelligence to kind of be a barrier between some of those kind of some of those intoxicated moments of passion and anger from some of the Italian characters. He could see that that crazy energy was unhelpful, couldn't he? And yeah. he presumably inserted himself as the kind of go-between between mm-hmm. the football side of things and the board, mm-hmm. which is sensible and play, you know, it's what you want. I think it's probably, I think it's probably a, a shame for QPR long-term that he's, he was shuffled away after that. Like he was almost sort of did the job and then he like, like Warnock was almost kind of shuffled off into the background. Cause I think Fernandez is pretty, is a pretty sort of dictatorial controller now of things. Um, the badge has gone back to how it was, uh, but they they don't look like they're going to be repeating the Premier League success anytime soon. Um, I've written my, my question that I'd written down was who had your sympathy, if anyone. I think we're both fairly impressed by Amit Batia. Mm-hmm. What, what did you? I think probably the most divisive figure in the whole thing. Well, do you agree with me that Briatore just seemed like an awful prick? Yes, yes, he did. <laughs> Good. <laughs> what did you make after the? I think Palladini's sort of a fascinating character in the midst of all this. Um, he kind of vacillates and swings about in the wind, depending on who who his master is at any given moment. But what did you think of him as a as a kind of central central character in the piece? Uh, sorry, who's that again, Rich? Yanni Palladini. Sorry. Um, <clears throat> just it just reminds me of people who speak very arrogantly and very with great authority about things that they don't know anything about. Mm. And usually there's a lot of those people who actually get to kind of high positions. And unfortunately, it's it's something that you 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 do see in the world. Yeah. So it 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 dismays me to see another one of these characters who don't seem to have any degree of humility or seem to kind of listen or do any kind of learning as part of the process. You know, they're very, very headstrong in their opinions and, and don't seem to diverge from those. I think that's a real weakness. Yeah, no, I tend to agree. It's it's yeah. difficult being within this this sphere and things that we don't particularly know about because we're not we're not mega wealthy mega wealthy businessmen. Like there seems yet. to be a yet. Uh huh. Sorry. I mean, when was the last time, Rich, that you checked the uh, you checked the merchandise for this? Yes. Or even the or even the promotional contract we have with uh, Manscaped. 
oh well that's we're raking it in aren't we <laughs> exactly i think exactly we'll be why why are we still doing our regular jobs in addition to this rich there we go <laughs> there we we're, go we're fools because we just like we just love money we just like making more money that's right <laughs> we love money and hate time we're like um we're like mr burns we trade it all for a little bit more when we rich Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like there's a mentality of thinking that you want to see you want to see a degree of passion from people within who working yeah. in a kind of football environment but you need that kind of tact and intelligence and diplomacy and emotional intelligence in situations like this and you need that kind of steely cool you know we need people with ice water running through their veins in these pressurized situations to make it work it's also we know this is Palladini and Briatore. Mm. <laughs> we know there are people that ignore all of the evidence to the contrary and seem to believe that there is a kind of god-given right for their football team to win every single game and to do it at a canter. Mm. And we know that exists within fan bases. People are people are stupid. That's fine i think people are allowed to be um what you don't want that is that energy in the boardroom but that i do, i think the fact that <laughs> there's two characters like that within a small group of people at, at somewhere like qpr probably tells you a lot about why the spending is so out of control in the championship because mm. it's a lot of boys and their toys and they don't understand why they're toy isn't winning every time hang it the boys the boys no it's interesting I just it's in, I, I just sort of feel like Palladini kind of almost goes on the journey maybe he didn't learn anything maybe if he had another <laughs> egomaniacal person sat alongside him he'd go on I can't work out whether he's an ER go and he's just parroting what the person next to him is saying. And, and where, I, where I say ER go there, I'm not talking about from um, Shakespeare. I mean from Disney's Aladdin. <laughs> I, I don't know any Shakespeare. <laughs> but I do know Disney. And, you know, he's Gilbert Gottfried on the shoulder. Idiata! Uh, <laughs> Did you, what, what formation would uh, would uh, Gilbert Gottfried talk about constantly, Rich? Four four two. It's gonna be. <laughs> it's too soon for four four two. Um. <laughs> anyway, uh, but you know, is he just is he just repeating what's next to him? So when he has a sane, sensible person sat next to him, he suddenly behaves like a human being. Mm. Or did he cut? Did he kind of cotton on to the fact? That living on your last, you know, the edge of your nerves all the time is just not a good energy for anybody to be around. Mm. Probably he didn't learn anything because I mean, obviously, the scenes towards <laughs> with the, with the win and the and the, the the court decision or the arbitration decision, he's he's you know he's all over the place. So maybe he doesn't didn't learn anything. But it's just he's just kind of an interesting. He's all the way, you know, he's kind of our he's our our our, our way into the room so often. <laughs> Mm. Um, so a lot of the time we, we, we spend a lot of time with him and we see his whims. Um, my final question that I've got written down is, uh, what's going on with Warnock's hair? I've wanted to talk about this for a little while, but 
He is completely hairless, apart from the top of his head. <laughs> he doesn't appear to have eyelashes, eyebrows. He's got no hair on his legs or arms. What's going on? Has he got alopecia? And he could well do. He could well do, yeah. His hair got wet, though, in the celebrations. It still looked pretty good. I think he just needs to get greased up so he could uh, go down some uh, go down some air vents like uh, Bruce Willis character in Die Hard. Yippee ki <laughs> Hey up, lads! Yippee ki Yippee ki <laughs> I enjoyed there was a bit where he says "Hey up, lads!" to some hey up, lads. to hey some up, lads. to some people in the you know schmoozing in the uh, post match. I loved him. <laughs> yeah. I loved him with his uh, post match wine. You know, yeah, yeah. He was immediately on the search. Can I get a glass of wine, Randy? Can I get a? Can <laughs> still get a red in here. <laughs> oh, so worth the watch, I think. If I mean, pretty much so. Uh, yeah. Obviously, if you've got to the end of this, you you know what's going to go, what's going to happen. But um, uh, if yeah, it's 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 an enjoyable. It's not as I say, it's ninety minutes that slips down very easy. Uh, made by a Wednesday night, we found out now as well. So, um, according to Wikipedia, sources not cited, which is there's no higher source of knowledge than that. No, there is not. No, <laughs> but hopefully, the fact that we've you know we've what we, we've watched it on Amazon kicks him a few shekels. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything else in in summary? No, just a lot of fun. Enjoyed. I wish uh, I'll probably be. Hoping to see some more football documentaries soon. Mm. I don't think it's something we're going to do again in the immediate future for the podcast. I think hopefully we'll, hopefully leading into the next three episodes and coming up into our hundredth episode, we'll have some, we'll have some Wednesday themed stuff. But I, I thought it was an interesting one to look at, and there's definitely some parallels to think about in terms of our beloved Owls. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there we go. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you again, Luke. You too. I I had this weird thing, listeners, where I was going to say, like, um, I haven't really been missing thinking about Sheffield Wednesday. Um, the news, which thankfully we didn't cover, has been depressing. Um, mm. However, I've really enjoyed talking to you again, Rich. Yeah, and uh, hopefully folks at home will have got something out of this. Uh, we'll uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks' time, but in the meantime, look after yourselves and look after yourself, Luke. And uh, cheerio. Thanks for spending some time with us. Thanks, everyone. See you later.